It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I don't even know what's going to happen. This is the first edition. I I think I'm going to release this next week, so this will be the first one. I thought about bulk taping. Uh, This is Cat Napsack. Hi, that's me. This is the blathering, or what I'm thinking of calling it, the blathervation, which is the stupidest name I've ever come up with. But it is a conversation. I used to do interviews. I used to, the Napsack Files, I used to invite my friends over. Uh, they'd sit in my apartment. We'd talk about life and movies and digital media. And I'd try to find inspirational stories. And you know what? We found them because I got great friends. Uh, but I went away from that. And I decided, you know, maybe with the Blathering brand, it's time to talk to other human beings, not just me staring at a camera. And to do that, is uh, as someone who uh, I'll say uh, was first, I uh, first got introduced as as a, as a listener of some of my shows, and it always seems like such an ego thing for me to be like, <laughs> he liked my podcast. Now we're talking, but that what ends up happening is I think I, honest dialogue begins out of things like that, and actually it turns out I knew him before I knew him, and we're gonna get into that. Coming to us from Winnipeg, that's up in Canada, is a professional wrestler, a broadcaster, an author, and also a very interesting chap. The outlaw, if you will, Adam Knight. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. How's it going? This is exciting. It's we're going doing great. Today? We're, we're doing great, man. Uh, I don't know. You know, normally I try to, you know, when I do interviews in the past, I try to make it proper, a little proper. Like I was a... Sure. Uh, non, uh, you know, um, deviant Charlie Rose uh, to sit down, to put put it bluntly. But I'm drinking tonight. Sure. I might say a swear word, and I'm going to get to know you over this conversation. Um, how's Canada? Uh, Canada's good right now. Uh, we've just finished our summer season here in central Canada, which means we're suddenly going to no longer be the hottest-ass place in the entire planet, and it's going to quickly turn into the coldest-ass place on the planet give or take six weeks. So like we legit just had plus 40 degrees Celsius uh, weather. And I did a, I did a wrestling show in the middle of that for a fair on September the 2nd. Okay. But probably by the time I turn 47 in November, we will be hovering around uh, Hoth. Let's see. Uh, and first of all, God bless your, 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 your country, because I know you just went through and maybe still are battling. I got to be honest. I haven't followed the stories with some of those wildfires uh, historic in nature. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. So God bless Canada, or, or God save the king. What? I, I don't know. Who's on your money now? It's a, it's a, it's a, it, it's a king now. Lord knows the guy that's trying to run for the right wing uh, prime ministership is would like to be a king, but we'll talk about that another <laughs> time. We don't need to get all political here. We might. We might, and you and I are. Uh, we might. We're we're we in might. the uh, we're in the same we calendar age of 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 uh, calendar year of age, and I love that. Oh, before we forget, I do want to do proper because the, the broadcaster in me won't won't stop, uh, and and I, I'm okay with that. You you uh, we're gonna get into a lot of pro wrestling talk tonight, and 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 sure. but it might go to places about life, the universe, and everything. 
uh, some funny stories, but also I want to talk about you as a, as a man who's gone through changes and struggles and where you are, because that's a lot yeah. of what you and I have connected on. And I'm going to let you talk more than me just rambling right now. Uh, don't you worry. But you, you're an author. This is the first in a series of books. Adam Knight's Cowboy Ending, book one of Overdrive. You sent this to me. I've read every I word. Did. Have you? No, I haven't. I didn't think so. You know, because like, <laughs> uh, you know, reviews are a big part of, uh, of uh, any sort of uh, content creator's uh, yeah. outlet. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I would have seen, uh, you know, Ken Knapsack with the two-star review. That would have been nice. That would have been nice. Bad reviews are good reviews, too. But it's all right. <laughs> and, and you've got the first book there. I do actually have the third book oh. right here. It is actually the only copy I have left right now. The rest are all available on Amazon.com. Look, you put yourself over. What is this series about? And uh, I do have it. And you sent us a copy, us being me, Joseph Scrimmage, and Jennifer Landa. Uh, when I'm done reading damn Star Wars books, I'm going to read this. Uh, what's it about? Oh, man. You, you know, it's a funny thing. Like, you know, you get an idea in your head when you're a young man that you're going to mm -hmm. tell funny stories that are, you know, big and broad. And, like, I grew up much like you, uh, reading a lot of, like, uh, Tolkien and high fantasy and stuff. And then my tastes broadened over time, right? Right. Obviously, I'm also into, um, not to talk about any struck companies, but uh, super heroic, and I also mm -hmm. like my mystical adventures and things. But I couldn't write crap like that because I couldn't connect to it as a creator. Mm. So what I, ended, what I ended up doing is I started, you know, broadening my reading tastes, and I discovered that urban fantasy was a thing, was a genre, right? Okay, so okay, but my, what what is it? Sexy men and chaps. Is that where it starts? Well... That's what I do in the ring. We'll talk about that later if you want. We're talking about my books now, Ken. Let's 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 let's, let's not cross the streams Fair. just yet. It's all good. No, and uh, I'll cross your streams. I'm not, I'm not bringing up my chaps tonight. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I, don't care, I don't care that you're drinking. You don't have any fins to slide into my ass. Uh, anyways, uh, my books mm -hmm. are about a guy named Joe, not mm -hmm. Joseph. Sorry, his name is Joe. And he's a hard as luck bouncer who is dealing with a lot of personal and emotional strife. Uh, he's taking care of his ailing mother. He can't seem to get the, the bills taken care of. He's got a lot of uh, personal loss in his life. And somewhere along the way, he gets involved in an incident that nearly kills him. But in the recovery process, it unlocks an electrical impulse within him. So I crib from a lot of sources I loved. Uh, concepts of The Flash as a TV show, not a TV show, like Horn, like from the 90s with John Wesley Ship. I like a lot of stuff about that. I like the idea of doing an urban fantasy supernaturally type show that is no vampires, no zombies, no magic. So yeah. I try to make all of my adventures, all of my protagonists, when they're a little bit above and beyond the norm, have some element of like, you know, pseudoscience-y bullshittery, because like that's sort of what I think is <laughs> I, I think that's the lane that not a lot of people in the genre go for. Yeah. Where everyone's always like, and now we've got all these demons from hell that are coming out, and here comes the wizard who actually works as a PI, which, by the way, I love those books by Jim Butcher. But for me, I wanted something where it's like, I wanted a character that I could relate to, a guy who had um, struggles personally, couldn't get mm -hmm. a date, had body, had body shame issues, had a whole bunch of other stuff that made him stand out from like the look at my 12 pack and yeah. I'm now going to be a druid from a thousand years ago. I wanted a, I wanted a guy. Okay. I just wanted a guy who when push came to shove would do the right thing, whether it benefited him or not. See? So, yeah. yeah so this is a yeah. great tale. You've, uh, you know what? It's a suburban Jedi. How about that? 
Let's go with that. I like that. A suburban Jedi. Yes. Suburban Jedi. But 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 you know, I'll, I'll take that. You know, that's yeah. in case you haven't noticed, I'm more than happy to write 70, 80, 90,000 words in a book. Yeah. But if you want me to break it down to a bullet point, you, look, it's the hardest thing. Okay. Yeah, hardest it's the thing. hardest thing. Qu- query I cannot letters. Blurb. Yeah, trying to sell a book. You write a book and you're like, cool. They're like, give. Can you do a one sheet to kind of summarize and sell yourself? It's like I, I fail, I fail miserably. Uh, yeah, it's like, like I, I try to go like it's like it's like it's like Lee Child meets Jim Butcher and people go, that makes no sense. I'm like you're right, it doesn't. But that's kind of what I was shooting for. No, I love this. This is great, and I'm I'm intrigued to to finally get to it. And by the way, I appreciate you um, uh, upholding. Uh, my support of of the SAG after no. and WGA strikes by not promoting struck companies. It's 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 noted. However, anytime I move uh, on camera here, we get to see a poster of a space no. movie signed by Alan Ladd Jr. Wait, which, which if if you look over here, you can very clearly see <laughs> yes. the uh, shelf that uh, has my daughter's uh, Legos and <laughs> other stuff on it. So it's okay. Uh, this is a great jumping off point for the conversation because you're talking about a character who is a, yeah. uh, a, a, a strong man, a str- you know, all the things that are supposed to come with that, but you're talking about it right now. He's dealing with things across all sides. He's, he's, he's trying to uphold whatever that image might be or what he thinks that he might need to be. He's got some body shame issues. He's got some aches and pains, and he's not sure of himself. Uh, how much of that is uh, coming from your soul? You know, it's, it's funny because I've had more than enough people look at me and go, you wrote this about you, and the answer is, Kinda, you know, yeah, it's like sure. It may, yeah, kinda, sure. Like it's the whole right what you know thing is a reality. Mm-hmm. It's real, mm-hmm. right? You know, yeah. the more of myself I could infuse into my character, then the more he stood out as a person. It didn't just feel like you know. And then so and so walked into the bar, and then a fight breaks out. It's like I yeah. wanted this guy's pain to feel like somebody going, "Oh God, I've been there," or "I know somebody who's been there," or "I know what's going on," right? Yeah, like so. It's it's. That's not to say that the book doesn't have high fantasy action where he's kicking all kinds of ass and doing interesting things. But I want that to be like you the 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 icing, the icing on the cake of my story. So yeah. it's all right. There's some angst. There's some difficulties. There's you know, mm-hmm. some unrequited love, if you will. There's a lot of stuff. So it's uh, it sounds like uh, it's like I um, sounds like you were raised yeah. in the '80s and early '90s, like me. You, you you almost you almost could say that yes yes uh, yes it's 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 not the story at all of a guy who got beat up a lot when he was younger and fatter and then grew into a more hulking frame as he got older so you know it's it's fun I um I love the process of writing it's it's hard and it's long I've never been one of those guys where this is a segue where it's like I'm going to write 20 minutes a day and see what happens I'm oh, usually yeah. a once once I start pushing that rock up the hill in the Sisyphus fashion. It's at the top, and I'm like, I better clear my calendar for six weeks because that's mm. when it's all pouring out of me. I, yeah, yeah, or or you've gone to fast food. Yeah, um, I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you on that. I, 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 and I don't know, there's now three books in the series, right? I've got three books in the series. I'm working on the fourth, and I wrote an in-world uh, novella that's also available. Uh, not a novella, it's like moderately length short story that's in the world. Look at you. That, that 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 takes place after the third uh, the third book. Yeah, it sounds like an achievement, but I wrote the first book and had it published before my daughter was born, and she just turned ten. So let's not applaud me for my my prolificness. Look, look, there's a guy. He he wrote a series about dragons and fantasy and knights and White Walkers. And we're still waiting for his next book. It's it's. <laughs> I mean, 
<laughs> when the TV <laughs> series is done before your series of written books is, yeah, you're just double dipping at this point. Well, you know, once we let's settle the strike and then we can option Overdrive, the new uh, streaming show where you'll get all the residuals. I'm sure. <laughs> Brother, I would be more than happy to come on down there and do pitch meetings. And by that, I mean, here's my book. Please, 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 please. please, please, please. It's, it's, a, it's a thing. I, 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 but I got a divorce to pay for. Help me out. <laughs> <laughs> How long does that take? Uh, Half the relationship I'm times five? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I know but what I was saying is I, I, like, um, I like knowing that there's – many different ways to to finish a, a creative project or even get it started or even work on it mm-hmm. uh there there because i've been i've thought i've unlocked it and yeah. oh i this is how i write a screenplay this is how i do it it's easy all you need to do is x y and z and then that works for that one but that didn't work for the next yeah. one it didn't work for the next sketch or even a song or a poem or anything i've written and and you do want to find the mechanical side of it. You want to, do want to find the structured side of creativity. That's the difference between pro and amateur. But yeah. even then, it it's hard to harness sometimes. I, I mean, like I've had this conversation with uh, other people before, whether they're like you know, amateur writers like me or like semi people that are under contract. And it's Hold like, on, you've sold. Not everybody's. Have you be- ever received a cent for one of these? I've done quite well. Yes. Then you're, then, I, then, my, that, that first book I did very well. Then, I'm You're correct. You I am. I. I. It's. You, you, you know what I'm saying, though, right? It's like it's. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I, I've been. I've been. I've been a professional wrestler for 25 years, but I still just call myself a wrestler because it's not how I make my mortgage payments most of the time. That's so, fair. That's fair. You know what I mean? So, so you know what you know what I'm saying? Right? Yeah. It's like I got a day job and it blows, but I'm doing what I can with it. So, um, yeah. Like, right. But yeah, like process, right? You know, like mm-hmm. I'm not James Patterson. I'm not going to sit there with my outline, my outline for yep. four books, and like you'd be able to bang them off and, you know, yep. formulate them. And there's nothing wrong with that. They're super popular. People love them. Right. That's just not me. I'm, I'm more seat of my pants-ish, which is not quite true. I have an outline. But. Yeah, no, I, look, right. I, you know, no, I, I, I love this a lot here. Let's, uh, let's get into, I, I tasted it up top. I, I, we have technically, I wouldn't describe it as met, but we no. have done the math. We have been in the same room together. That's right. Just didn't we, know. We've been at the, yeah, we, we have been at the Gold Coast Casino at the same time for one of those fantastic 70-year-old stanky cigarette-smelling <laughs> ballrooms, watching some really old-timers uh, receive uh, glad-handing awards yep. at the Cauliflower Alley Club. And let me tell you, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is not to diminish it in any way. Yep. I love the CAC. I love what it stands yep. for. Yep. I love the fact that anytime I've paid dues, it's gone to help um, mm-hmm. men and women who are struggling, unable to pay their bills, that different stages of their life i think it's uh i think it's an incredible incredible organization mm-hmm. it's got some problems but every organization has some problems that's why it's yeah. an organization but um i've loved it i've loved going down there and i i do think it's funny that you and i've both been in vegas at the same time and just ships in the night because i started <laughs> listening and um why the fuck would you know who i was so it's all right and 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 vice and vice versa there's especially sure. in a wrestling thing uh, even though I've been in in and out of of the pro wrestling world since 2000 in terms of being yeah. a manager and an occasional booker and blah 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 blah. Um, yeah, but no, I yeah, I was a member. Uh, my friend Dan Farron encouraged me to join. Dan Dan is a longtime uh, wrestling personality locally here in LA and and other yeah. regions and, and a comic and storyteller. And I was like, yeah, and we all went. We had a, our company that we were all involved with, Millennium Pro Wrestling. We'd all head out there. 
Uh, I yeah. think from like 2013 to like 2019, I didn't I didn't miss a year. And so, uh, nice. yeah, I I saw you come in number two on a, on a battle royal and didn't even know it till this oh, yeah. moment today tonight. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was a good time. That was a good time. Like I was, I was telling you before, it was uh, the, my second CAC. I want to say 14 or 15, whatever it was. I was there, and Johnny Devine, who was going over in the thing yeah. as a former TNA, TNA X Division champion, is a good friend of mine. Helped me get a lot of uh, opportunities early on. Uh, he was, he begged me to stick around to get into the Rumble because there's 50 guys in it, and he, he feared for his life. And he was probably right to do so. So it was a good time. Good time standing there and wondering if that ring was going to hold the 15 tons of humanity yeah. that was cluster fucking to a symphony of silence. I'll tell you, it was, uh, I said it. I yep. said it, fellas. Yep. Don't 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 pretend that everybody gave a shit. Nobody did. No, 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 it did. They were all either oh, no, it did. on the way to, to the buffet or, or I'd come from it. And it was always the oh, first night. Buffets. Yeah, it was the first yeah. night at, at Gold Coast there. Uh, usually, uh, an old uh, old wrestling colleague of mine. I don't know him too well. We actually we we went to high school together. We didn't we didn't know that till years later in a wrestling locker room. We found that out. Billy Blade uh, would have put on a lot oh, of yeah. these shows. And uh, yeah. yeah, I know Billy. Billy, yeah. And um, yeah, it's fascinating. It, it, I just love that. There, uh, I want to get into some wrestling stories. I want to get to life lessons from wrestling and and, and all that stuff. But sure. first, I've got to stop off on something. This is just inside baseball talk. Uh, the Gold Coast Casino. Uh, Love it. The, one of the shittiest casino and hotels yes. I've ever been in, and therefore it's my favorite. I talked about this on the yeah, other yeah, side I, recently. You're and oh, you're with I, me. I, I I not only am I with you, I listened to it and I smiled immediately because I'm not gonna lie. My very first time going to Vegas was for the CAC, and I showed up at the Gold Coast. Let me tell you, I'm from you know Central Canada, which is like basically you know. The planet that is farthest from polite and you know i get out of the airport there you go and uh <laughs> take the cab in and i i drive down the strip and i'm like looking at all these fantastic places and oh there's caesar's palace and oh my god there's 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 the luxor and all this other cool crap and then we pull up to the gold coast I'm like oh, oh. oh that's what <laughs> but i loved it because but i loved it because it was like oh this this suits this environment this suits yep. this convention and it was dirt cheap, so I couldn't argue that, well, that point either. Right? Yeah, that that was always the clue, right? It's like, man, I got I got the I got a great robe for fifty five a night. That was the first clue. Oh. Even as yeah, that was your first that was your hint. I I encourage anyone who's listening, while you're listening, unless you're driving, uh, Google the <laughs> Gold Gold Coast Casino Las Vegas. You'll see the pictures. You'll get it right away. And I oh, yeah. I love Las Vegas. I go a lot. I can't wait to get back. Um, I, I, look, I've stayed at the Venetian. I, I've, I've been inside the Wynn, I've been Paris Hotel. I've been, I've been, I've been to the top or most of the pop or most, like I said recently. There's just nice. nothing, nothing that can replace walking into a hotel and casino, smelling the cigarette from the cigarette smoke from the parking structure, oh, oh. and then you get in there it's and, and they're so all it's, and you and and all the stereotypes. I don't mean to poke fun at people because that's not what no. I'm about in terms of like body types and age and physical abilities, but you walk in and every cliche about Las Vegas you've heard in hacky stand-up jokes is 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 in the checkout line in front of you or right there oh, at the amazing. at the slots. It's amazing. You know what I, I loved it. I'm glad I mean I know they're not there anymore and they moved on I think to the Rio, but mm -hmm. uh, maybe not the Rio. No they're on the Fremont. They're 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 in Fremont. Uh, oh, they're in yeah, Fremont? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. that's probably even better. But I, I loved it because it looked like the type of place I expected Vegas to be when I watched and read all those old books and movies when I was a kid, right? It's like, oh, yeah. this 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 tracks. 
this tracks. I don't, I don't need the, I don't need the fountains of the Bellagio. I need this place. <laughs> you know, you, you looks like some crap has gone down. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it looks like, um, we're like one of those movies where like the old pit boss is like this town used to, this used, this town used to be glamorous and glitz and the, the mob ran it. And, and it's now this, it's now the gold. <laughs> it's. Oh beautiful. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I love it. Or, it. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it, uh, even though they shot, I think most of Swingers in Riviera, at least outside, it, it's like that blackjack scene in, in Riviera, in, in Swingers, where like you know the old lady wins. I got it. I got it. That's the Gold Coast through and through. Um, oh yeah, completely. Did you ever hang out there in that Fridays at like two a.m. with like Jim Ross telling war stories? The best. Greg the Hammer Valentine best. sitting there with his uh, his fanny pack. <laughs> at least he has pants on. Uh, it was, uh, I, that, that Friday's was great. I remember this is, this is really Canadian of me. Uh, I was down there. The last time I was down there was when the, my local hockey team, the Winnipeg Jets were taking on the Vegas Knights in the Stanley Cup playoffs right. at the time. Mm-hmm. It was the first year that the Knights were actually in the league too. So whenever that was, I was last time uh, I was there. A couple of years. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, but I remember just how this has got nothing to do with anything, but I remember how crazy Vegas was for hockey, which in my brain made no sense, but I loved it. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. As I'm walking around Vegas with my Winnipeg Jets jersey on, I might as well have just said, Hey guys, come on, give me your best shot. That was good. Wasn't as bad as the time I did that in Philly, but that's okay. I survived that too. Yeah. But but if they're doing in Vegas, they're, they're probably drunk. Yeah. No, my cousin lives out there and she, yeah, her and her family, (laughs) they they went crazy for uh, for the nights out there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When did you when did you start wrestling? You said twenty five years. So by the time I moved to LA, you were taking your first bumps. Uh, let me see. Um, I graduated high school in nineteen ninety four. Uh, I started university that year. Uh, met a bunch of guys in a fraternity that, honestly, Canadian fraternities are a waste of time. But mostly fraternities are a waste of time in my opinion. <laughs> I, I would sorry, agree. sorry, every, everybody from Alpha Kappa, fuck yourself. I don't <laughs> care. Uh, sorry. Fascinated about the Canadian <laughs> one though. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but uh, so it was like, I met a couple of guys there that were into it and I hadn't really, you know, I was like everybody else. I'd sort of not really watched wrestling for a while. I was oh, really? okay. sort of, yeah, go figure. And um, what was it? You know, I met a couple of guys who were interested. They found out there was something in the local scene, which I hadn't even know mm-hmm. that was a thing. It was like, you know, I watched the AWA when I was a kid that turned into the WWF. I saw a little bit of the NWA when it would show up on uh, satellite and right. uh, that was it. Then it sucked for a while and I got away from it. Yes, and um, be- because I was in a unique position where uh, university wasn't really f- floating my boat, mm. uh, I didn't feel fulfilled in like the theater classes I was taking, and I had a unique desire to punish myself, it seemed pretty appropriate to get into a ring with a bunch of guys who were not really well-known or going anywhere and get the bejesus kicked out of me for the next, well, that was 95. <laughs> what yeah. year is it now? I'm, I'm yeah. pushing 30 years, to be honest. So. That's, that's amazing, though. You Not des- including two years of no COVID. So, yeah. Yeah. You deserve a CAC Lifetime Achievement Award. We're going to have to nominate you. Yeah. 
Well, I, I, you know, maybe if I maybe if I accomplish anything worth talking about, we can talk <laughs> about that. But no, it's a, honestly, right now it's just I, I, I thank my lucky stars that I've uh, only got a couple of documented concussions. And my legs still work, and I haven't broken my neck, so no, I'm just gonna keep uh, my stuff. I feel it, man. I feel it. No, uh, yeah, I, I, I've not been in the ring as, as much as you. Point point zero 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 percent compared to you, but uh, it, the, the pain can be real. Um, oh, yeah. Do you, do you, do you find one of my fascinating things about where you and I are maybe is as people and, and, and men these days, this is a, 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 one of those uh, men conversations. Um, wrestling's tough. Wrestling has to be tough. Uh, not unlike say the military or, or some of those tougher jobs, even, even a police academy might be tough. Um, but that breeds a lot of uh, maybe history has proven a lot of unnecessary aggression, violence, anger. Uh, the good old-fashioned toxic stuff. But at the same time, I understand where it comes from and why it's sometimes needed in a business like that, where where trust, sure. brothership, sistership, kinship, community, safety, um, clash with egos and violence. It's um, it's a weird thing. Where are you at with that relationship now, and where were you along the way? Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. So when I broke in, you have to remember, it was before the Montreal screw job. Yeah. So in the Indies, we were still dealing with, uh, you know, protect the business at all costs because those 45 to 60 people on a regular basis that were showing up right. really were coming because they believed that we were really mm-hmm. fighting, mm-hmm. right? And so there's a lot of that. Um, so, th- so that was a lot of it, protect the business, protect the business. Honest to God, I... Uh, you know, it's, it's, I've had so many years to try to think about this. And again, I've been in locker rooms now since 95. So I've gone from being the young guy sitting at the feet of the old men, who <laughs> honestly were probably like 35, to be honest <laughs> with you. But, um, right, you know, thinking about it now. When I first walked into a locker room, the veteran guy, the veteran guy who was like the king of the castle, and he eventually passed away. When he passed away, I learned I was five years older than him. But I thought this ancient, right? this ancient wizard on the hill who will teach us everything. Well, I, I think about it now. I was I was considered a veteran at 25 because at that point in time I'd done it for yeah. eight years and I had my 500 matches and I'd been a few places and I'd got to work with a couple of people and you know so it was all right. Mm-hmm. But now it's like oh my god! And he's like, huh. yeah. as long as at this point in time the young kids don't look at me and go, why are you still here? That's why fine. are you taking a spot from us? Yeah. Why Why are you stinking up the joint, old man? So it's like, yeah, that's yeah. but that's different. So to answer your question that I have not yet done, it's all right. No, it's okay. Uh, I it's not an easy answer, I don't think, because there are too many people that get into it today and for the duration of my time mm-hmm. that don't take it seriously. Yeah. Right. They, yeah. they think it's a show. They think it's a game. They think they can come on in and they can, you know. Mm-hmm. do whatever they want and because it's a show that we'll all go along with it because they're so awesome and mm-hmm. while i don't believe in beating the business into people i do believe in reminding them hey we're trusting you with our bodies we're trusting you with our health we're trusting you with our lives and our yeah. livelihood in some cases right yeah so it's like you don't get to come on in and treat this like a joke you will pay dues you will set up and tear down this ring you will take your hundred bumps and if you don't like it, we will chop the bejesus out of you until you smarten the hell up. Yeah. See, and, yeah. I, and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that because I did all that. I still do it. Yeah. And I'll never, I, the way I was taught from the guys I respected the most were the ones who would say, I'll never give you anything that I wouldn't take myself. Yeah. It was always the ones 
who would take liberties and well, we talked a little bit about that off air and I've been on even harp yeah, on yeah. it. Yeah. But I've never respected that. Right. You know, so I guess yeah. like, yeah, I'm not going to assault a guy, but I'll let him know it's coming. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, it, but if, if it, it, I mean, so interesting to your perspective on it as someone who's come up on 30 years, really in it on, <laughs> on a, on a base. Where's uh, my walker? I, I know. I know. When you say it, when I say it out loud, uh, you probably broke oh, it. We still, oh, you and I still have a ton of time left in the world to, to make our mark, oh, uh, but, but the business will take us all. No, like, because, because I'll just, I'll just put that phrase out there that, that causes so much, uh, uh, consternation people but the the, the the toxic masculinity right which no, is such sure. a misunderstood word and it's such a and it's such a misused and and maybe both directions of the conversation i this is why i love that that movie about a, a an action figure doll that 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 you know well i guess not an action figure in my heart barbie's an action figure sure. but the, the, i'll just say it i'm not going to be cute with it. The, the barbie movie i can't wait to for the strikes to end because i can't wait to deep dive into that movie about what oh. it's saying about so many things a lot of it just about life absolutely but about men absolutely men in our own prisons and but then something like wrestling i'm with you there i would love to have the the, the nuanced conversation of um um I, the the famous story of hulk, of hulk hogan uh in in perhaps one of the only true stories about him that he's told you know showing up and 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 his trainer breaks his leg again allegedly sure. and says allegedly. come back if you want it and he does right I don't, I don't, I don't want that. I don't think that's right. No, I don't think it's necessary. No. But my experiences of 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 walking in and seeing, um, going into a restaurant and seeing uh, the leader of the pack, the guy I was actually talking about, point to a table and telling the two the two green greenfoots there, you sit over there because you haven't earned yeah. this table. Even that's harsh. But I, I just remember thinking, eh, that's kind of how life is, <laughs> and that's kind of needed. And See, I need to find the, I'm trying to find the balance. Uh, to me, those are two things, right? Like, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. if we're talking toxic masculinity, like you get enough of that with guys who, when when the guys I meet who, who get into wrestling and do it for long enough, where their whole identity circles around it, like yeah. their time in the ring, their time in the locker room, their time in the gym, their time on the road, their lives like that. I think that leads to a lot more toxic masculinity because it leads to resentment because mm -hmm. much like any aspect of the entertainment industry, and yes, that's what this is, Yeah, the level of success that's achievable for most people is pretty much a donut egg, yeah. a donut hole. Donut. Anyways, I'd rather have, I, you know, tell you what, I want there to be a donut egg out there in the world. I would like a donut egg. I, like I want donut the protein egg. of the donut egg. Anyways, <laughs> that's, that's there. Come on. <laughs> Come on, Krispy Kreme, give me a donut yeah. egg. Yeah. And, but uh, uh, <laughs> what I mean, though, is uh, mm -hmm. you get it, it usually comes from resentment or from jealousy, right? You know, why is this mm -hmm. person getting that? And I'm not. I'm better than this guy. Than that guy. I mm thought -hmm. not. And then it just turns into like wicked games and bullshit and hurt feelings. And that's when their, their ego gets wrapped up in it. But in the same time, I am a very big component of making people earn their spots. And I'm not saying in a negative way. Yeah. I just had a, I just had guys. Uh, I just did a show a couple weeks ago. Uh, it was a fundraising show. That's not important. But there's a bunch of new guys around. That if I was the one breaking them in, which I am not anymore, mm -hmm. I would have kicked them out of my class. Mm -hmm. Not because they're bad kids, but because they put in no effort to look a certain way, to act a certain way, to put in any effort. Right. Yeah. As a result of that, if they're in the locker room with me, it's like get your shit off my table. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just sit over there. 
this is my spot. If you want to come over here, you're going to be respectful. You're going to talk to me. Then you're going to leave. And I, yeah. I don't do that. I'm, Ken, I'm not a bad guy, but I want them to understand I've earned my spot here. Yeah. And you guys are trying to get the sit. You guys are trying to get, you're trying to talk to like the, the, the vice president of the company as if he's your pal that you're going to go golfing with. Yeah. yeah. And I realize that sounds very egotistical, but yeah. I'm right. And I want them to respect the fact that I've put in my time. I've paid my dues. You can talk shit about me over there if you don't like my attitude, but you're never going to come to my spot and take it away from me until I'm ready to give it up. Or ready to share it with you because you've earned it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I've eaten so much shit in fucking 25 plus years of wrestling yeah. from people who have made it and done shit and also from a lot of guys who never got out of the goddamn perimeter of the city of Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I, I don't have time for people who aren't willing to put in the effort or show the respect. Yeah, that I think that's where it comes from, and and and, and knowing you in 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 the quite frankly brief few minutes that I've got to know you beyond just an instant message here, um, it's it, you're not holding on to power, you're not holding on to your position, you are about generational change, you are about passing it on, but y y there's something about them having to 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 not earn it. Like you're you're saying earn it, and I say earn it, but it's not a it's not from a maniacally ego driven point of view. It's like this is how this goes on. I'm not, I'm not saying yeah. you're going to JBL someone and put their put them lock them in a closet and say dress out there. I don't know if I agree with that, but no. who knows what the Miz did? <laughs> you know, um, guys, kind of. Uh, you know, yeah, um, yeah. But, but it's yeah, it's fast. No, and I, I, like, I yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm just going to say, like, um, damn this distance thing. Uh, it's um, <laughs> in my in my whole career, I've always said, especially now that I'm in the position I'm in. I will let anyone else beat me if they've earned the right to. Yeah. yeah. Right. If, if they put in the work and they've put in the time and they've got a connection with the people, absolutely. The fight, despite the fact that I'm probably a half foot taller and a hundred pounds heavier than them, I'll make it look, I'll make it work. You put them over. But yeah. they've got, but they have to, yes, I will put them over. I will put them over, but uh, they've got to, they've got to prove that they've earned it on some level. And, right? and, and, and it's like, got to make sense, right? And, you know, the old, uh, I think, yeah, that makes sense. I think of the, the, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, has a lot of demons, but he also knows the business and knows the old business and the new, I think. But yeah, that famous story of back in the day with Brock, I'm not going to put him over on a Monday yeah. night for free. That's not good for all of us. No, uh, no, no, was, yeah. you're, you, you left, you left millions of dollars on the table with that. Yeah. And it was a, clearly a punishment. Like he was, you know, yes. maybe he didn't handle it correctly. Sure. But it was clearly a punishment of some kind. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. What, um, how, uh, who, who were you 25 years ago in, in the wrestling oh. locker rooms and rings? And who are you now? Oh, that's a good question. 25 years ago, I was a scared 13 year old kid in the body of an 18 year old man. <laughs> uh, I was 335 skinny fat pounds of pimply. <laughs> Jiffy pop haired craziness. Um, Jiffy pop I was, hair. Oh, no, no, no. Like, I, I, I've got it nicely taken care of here. But back then, I didn't know what hair product was. I didn't realize that I had curly hair and I was fighting it. So I was like, <laughs> the big old Irish afro when I wasn't paying attention to it. But uh, but uh, back then, I was, a, I was a scared, heartbroken little boy who was lost and felt like he was a failure. And mm -hmm. I, I've said this in other mediums and other places, but Pro wrestling wasn't my first love, but it was the first thing that I loved that I felt was loving me back, even if it was a tough love. Mm. So 
It was the one thing in my life that I felt was giving me a kick in the ass that I needed to have at like 18, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. It, yep. And mm-hmm. it was, and it was something that I felt like I could not achieve, but I wanted to try. Mm. If that makes any sense. Because, yeah. you know, I was a super nerd in school. I was good at like all that shit. But then I got to university and completely fell apart because I had no focus during direction. I didn't know how to work hard. Mm. Wrestling taught me how to work hard. Did that one and it taught me that life isn't fair. Right. You got to sit in that booth because you haven't earned the big table. Um, did that, did that, that, the, what you talk about university, did that come from you being a good student, bit of maybe not an overachiever, but just, I'm fascinated with with that angle of life sometimes where I was I was such a good good little student. I was a good I was a good little boy in elementary school mm-hmm. and I was smart oh, I <laughs> and I was in the gate which was the gifted and talented whatever and they'd pull me out of class because mm-hmm. I was one of the smarter kids and we you, you don't want to be with the plebeians. And I'm not saying this, a program like that is bad, but it taught me that I didn't have to try as hard, that I could rely on I'm I'm smarter oh, than others. God. And it, by the time I started graduating high school and depression kicked in, it set me up for what I still battle to this day. This interview, I was like, I really need to do this interview with Adam. And you and I were going back and forth over a couple of days. And in my head, I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'll just push it off the next week. And it's like, no, in my head, I'm like, no, I got to do this. I don't want to yeah. underachieve anymore. And I think that set in early and, and something had wrestling come along and maybe kicking your ass a little bit. I can see where that's a good thing. Well, I, I again, it's like, it's like we live different lives, except you're in like, California and I was up freezing my balls off, but it was uh, my beach was pretty cold in Pismo. Okay, I'm I'm sure it was very windy. There was, so a, it was very windy there was on a, that palm tree. There was a shrivel factor. We had pine trees. We had pine trees in our beach. All right, my balls been dropping until I was 26. It was so cold. Anyway, the point is, is that, <laughs> this is never airing. Uh, so. No, it is airing. But right now, only no, right, Robbie right. only Robbie Smith is listening. Um, like bleep, yep. bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs> but I was much the same. Like I, I was in the enrichment program when I was in elementary yeah. school. Okay. It was the same thing. It was, like, it was like, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, Jeff and uh, Jeff, my shoot name is Jeff. Yeah, Adam. Mm-hmm. But um, he and his friends are, you know, crushing this. We're better communicating. So we're going to pull them out and have them do logic puzzles and um, mm-hmm. like more in-depth reading and stuff, which is basically – an excuse for us to do sweet FA for a couple of hours and then yeah. go back to class. Right. Right. And all it did was, I think, alienate me from the kids that were struggling and they took it out on me, which was true. I was the short fat kid and I was mm. a whiny baby, but I also, um, I don't know. So then I got to, I don't I know. It's funny you say like a depression. I never thought about that, mm. but I, that's not a bad way to say it. Cause I know that I got to grade 12 and I was shit scared. Mm. Like, because my whole life up to that point, it was, you know, get good grades. I didn't really have to work all that hard at it. You know, I was under all kinds of pressure from my mother, anyways, to Mm. go to university, be the first member of our family to go and graduate and do all that stuff. Mm. And I wanted to, but I didn't know what I wanted to do, which Mm. I'm going to be 47. I'm still not sure what I want to do, Ken. I'm I'm just sort of trying to figure it out day by day, right? Yeah. And, but, you know, there's a lot of pressure for a kid who's like, 16 in grade uh, in grade 12 you know mm. going to graduate not even be able to legally drink in canada so it was uh mm. it was a lot this is a very so uh yeah, so, yeah. yeah no finish your thoughts sorry sorry i cut you off oh god no i'm good oh th- this is a very very important very important side question why 
in Canada do you say grade 12 when really it's 12th grade? I've been dying to know this since Bruce McCullough released his comedy album where he sang about being in grade eight. Um, well, because, you know, we're part of the Commonwealth and we actually know how to speak English up here. Oh, <laughs> uh, but, but, but if you ask any of my, my extended relatives that are actually from, you know, mm-hmm. the old country, they'd probably say, oh, no, I'm sorry, what you do for your language there is very much, you, those in the colonies have definitely, definitely not done a very good job of educating <laughs> you in the proper verbiage and your grammar and fish posh and where's my tea? The king would be very upset there, very upset. Would be, he'd be so, would be so annoyed. <laughs> Where's my corgi? So now you're 18, 19, you, you're taking your lumps in wrestling. Uh, you, you make a joke, and I make the joke too, but it's it's real because it hurts. I, I, I know what I want to do. There's wonderful things I do do and do achieve. And, you know, you, you've got... You've got books and they're complete and they're long and they've, you know, got 70,000 words in them. You've accomplished things. You have a daughter. You've accomplished things. What is it? I want to jump ahead. This is feels like the blathering now for real where you just made me think about something. We're the same age, essentially. Um, the, the, the idea of, of going, did I fuck this up? Oh, God. Hangs over me every day. I have to fight through it every day. Anytime I start a new project or, or lean in or go, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna interview interview Adam Knight tonight. Um, did I fuck this up? Not the interview, but my choice to do something else 25 years ago. You know, it, it's funny. Um, when I got into wrestling, I didn't tell my parents because I didn't want them to be disappointed in me. Yeah, I kept them from them for most of a year. Because that is one thing that I definitely felt my whole life that I was a disappointment to my parents, which is ridiculous in retrospect, right? And I, mm-hmm. I can admit that now. And they've, I, we've, we've had those conversations, and I know that it's just was all in my head, mm-hmm. right? But it's because you know I didn't feel like I was connected to my dad very much, and I felt like uh, my mom was pushing me really hard. And I just look at that and go, well, yeah, they were, and they were pushing me really hard, and I didn't feel connected to my dad, but. I look back at the now and I just go, well, that was just me figuring out who the fuck I was. And it took me a long time to do it. So I remember, I remember when I finally told them like my plan is I'm going to wrestle until I'm 25 and I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. I'll get out. Mm-hmm. And the truth was I, I wasn't really getting one anywhere, but I was making really good progress and I knew I was doing better. So I kept at it. The, but that is when I did go back to college and I got my communications degree. Not that I'm using it now, but I got it. And that You're was communicating wonderfully was, here today, buddy. Thank you so much. As I, I actually got into thinking I would get into radio and it didn't work out, but, um, hmm. you know, but I got, I got out of it. I worked in TV for a couple of years, which is nice. And I yeah. have to dust off my video edit skills. And I learned there, but it was, um, hmm. my, my point is that again, I did a few years of wrestling and that taught me what I didn't want in life. Yeah. It also taught me that no matter how hard, I, how hard I worked at wrestling, my odds of succeeding were small. Yeah. So I needed to have a real, <clears throat> I needed to have an education. And so, by that time, I also knew that I wasn't going to just go to university or I wasn't going to go to uh, college and pick up like a construction trade. So I got into something that I was interested in, mm-hmm. something that I felt that I could translate some skills for. And that yeah. communication, radio, TV, broadcasting, a little bit of advertising. I got a PR major with a two-year program, whatever. Mm-hmm. But what that taught me more than anything else was the ability to start a project and finish a project. There you go. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, and that, that's what it was. It also taught me not to be precious about things. When you're doing a journalism class where it's like you have to, if they give you an assignment, it's due that day. 
Mm-hmm. And if you make a spelling mistake, it's an automatic failure because that's what it should be in journalism. Yeah. Not that you see that these days with, you know, clicks and TikToks and bullshit, but back in the good old days of 2001, when, you know, the print newspaper was still kind of important. A little bit. That was an important thing. And you learn not to be precious. You learn not to be precious. Like you had 500 words and I needed by 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Shit. Okay. You'd say, it's good enough. Does it say what it needs to say? Done. Done. Move on. Let it go. Right. And so, yeah, you'll fuck up a few times, but that, those are important things. And they taught, uh, I got bigger projects out of that. And mm-hmm. this is, of course, the famous Red River College Creative Communications Program that, uh, let me tell you, going and following in the footsteps of other famous alumni, yeah, yeah, Mr. Jericho, was no fun when you're a pro wrestler. Right. And any <laughs> pro wrestler's like, oh, you know, Chris, I'm like, yes, yeah. I know who he is. We've never met at that point, but I'm mm. well aware, you know, oh, are you going to do to Mexico like he is? No, I'm not. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, just trying to get a look. Could you just grade my paper, Barb? <laughs> uh, no, that's that's a fascinating thing, and 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 at what at what point um, jump to where you and I might be now? Okay, uh, where 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 along the way do you stop and tell yourself uh, uh, I need to be kind to myself? And what are you kind about? That's what I'm struggling with a lot these days. This last year, I've really made a better effort to do that. And um, yeah. not that long ago, I would I was burning that candle at like four ends where I would just like take the candle and throw it in the fire and I'd say, I'll be fine. I would, I would tell my friends and family, my loved ones, don't worry, I'm indestructible, I'll keep moving, right, you know? And, you know, watching my father uh, slowly pass away, uh, dealing with some uh, marital strife that ended, ultimately ended up dissolving our union which was horrible and difficult and still an ongoing thing today Mm. but i realized that i was doing so much for other people that i wasn't taking care of myself right and a lot of you know two years of lockdown and that was Mm -hmm. tough on everybody and it was hard you know trying to help co-parent my daughter and working midnights and i can't get any stress relief by wrestling it's not an environment where i feel conducive to writing right so I couldn't even get that part out. Um, and the gyms were closed for half of that time. So I couldn't even go in and bang on any iron. Like I would, yeah. I spent a fortune to buy a hundred pounds worth of weights that on, on a barbell and it cost me like $400, but yeah, like fuck, I was going to train at home from home. Yeah. Gym so I could get out of the house for a bit. Like as soon as they were opening up, there I am at five o'clock in the morning when the gyms are open, wearing a mask, waiting in line trying to be one of the 30 people that can get in for my hours so I can go to work for seven when I was, when I was back on days by then. Mm. But yeah, it was, um, mm. I realized a lot of things like, Oh God, I don't even know where to go with this one. But uh, at the end of the day, I realized I, I, I had to start and I'm still working on it today. Stop doing things because I feel like I should and do the things because I feel like I want to. Mm. Because if I do them because I want to do it, then they'll bring me joy and I won't resent them. Whether that is, the gym, mm-hmm. writing, spending time with my daughter, spending time with my family, um, mm-hmm. trying to get booked, just wrestling. Mm-hmm. When wrestling started feeling like a chore, I was like, oh, my God, what the fuck am I doing? Right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. That, that was those were signs that nothing in my life was working. So, yeah. But here we are now, and uh, it's an ongoing thing, and it's a day-to-day process. Can you know that as well as anybody, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just spent uh, – let's, let's, let's keep talking about the stigma. I uh, – I did a year of uh, sessions with a therapist, which was good. Recently, and uh, recently. not a super in-depth. Okay. No, I just finished my year, which was good. So um, mm-hmm. you know, insurance is a wonderful thing. 
Yeah. And that helped me out uh, just to have that extra person to talk to and get some ideas from and mm-hmm. just to have somebody who I'm not related to or involved with being able to say things to me like, you're not a bad person and it's okay to have these thoughts and it's okay to have these struggles. Yeah. And uh, it's okay to put yourself first every once in a while. Not all the time. I'm a, yeah. I'm a giving dude and I'm willing to help my friends and family all the time if needed. But mm-hmm. even little things where it's like, yeah, I will do this interview, Ken, because I've been wanting to talk to you forever and it'll make me feel good to connect with somebody that I've got a good, I feel like I've been your friend for three years longer and this is the first time we've actually spoken, right? But it's something that is, I'm doing it because it, it makes me feel better to talk about myself, to talk with you and to have those kind of connections. Yeah. Like little things like that. Little things like, you know, changing my workout routine so it's not a punishing yeah. have to do it six days a week sort of thing where it's like, you know, maybe just, just don't eat like a bag of shit and train a little harder for a little less time and feel better. Like so you, everything doesn't hurt. Like when the, when, when the gym became punishment and not, you yeah. know, self-improvement, I'm like, I'm on the wrong side of this. Ooh. For example. Ooh, that's an amazing, that's an amazing little insight there. Um, yeah. It related to, you're talking about gym and I relate to that too, where, like, there's a good chance this interview ends tonight and I go to Del Taco. We'll, we'll see. But maybe I deserve that, maybe I don't. But the idea of, that's a way we sometimes look at it, right? And, yeah. and take it to the, to the gym and pull out to other things where it's like, I've, I must do this to myself to hurt me in some way. As opposed to what I want or what I need to, as you said, self-improve. Well, I, I, was, I was convincing myself I needed it because it was my only... Mm-hmm stress release it was the only time where i could focus and i could shut the world out and and push 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 and i realized i was i was just hurting myself and i was ignoring so many things in my life that i needed to think about Mm -hmm. and i needed a process you know i said my father was dying eventually did pass away and that was a breaking point uh and as it should be i miss my dad but it was helpful and it was it was his time but um Mm -hmm. Mm. Oh my God! And um, mm. but mm. Uh, it's it's uh, getting old sucks, Ken. <laughs> getting old sucks because because in your brain, in in my head, despite the fact that I'm an ogre of a man who's got a loving daughter, who's got many things that he can be proud of and look back on, the, I can say I've got all these accomplishments. I still feel like a scared thirteen year old boy who's going to get the shit kicked out of him in the lockers and uh, and and isn't going to amount to anything in his life. It's so funny. you know, yeah. I do know. I do know. Because uh, as I've tried to explain on shows before when it comes to stand-up comedy, it's the thing I perhaps right now love the most. Um, There's another project I'm working on. I can't wait to everyone hears it, and I love that. It's a a, a band project I'm working on, which is crazy to say. But but stand-up's the thing I love the most. But I, I don't allow... Like, I don't do it right now as much as I should because I'm afraid to because sure. when, when it goes bad, and I've improved a lot from when I started 20 years ago, I've improved a lot in the last year, but I'm never kind to myself about that. I never, um, I, I, it's like I, I need to go uh, hurt myself in that comedy gym versus improve myself. And, and when it fails, and when I fail at it, I describe exactly what you're talking about. I'm a, I'm a 13-year-old boy who looks around the room and goes, I don't belong here, and everyone knows it, and they're just waiting to tell me. And that's what I'm trying mm-hmm. to defeat. That's the dragon I'm trying to slay. Yeah, it's a it's a, it's an ongoing it's an ongoing uphill slog for looking for validation not from the outside but from within. Yeah, 
you know, yeah. it's, um, it, it, it's so funny because, uh, I, 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 keep, I keep coming back to wrestling with it because it's like, you know, again, 30 years, I've had 1,500 plus matches, right? It's, I can do it in my sleep. Whether it's good or not is hard to say, but it's it's at the point where mm-hmm. unless it's like an important event, I'm not excited anymore, but I go out there and I do it. And it's something I do where I feel no matter if it's good or bad, I know the audience is going to be involved in it. They're going to be cool with it. And because Adam Knight is just a persona, it's my shell, yeah, right? It's my it's my it's my protective barrier when I put in the hat and the chaps and I throw on some spandex and I scare a bunch of women and children. It's um it's a thing that I can do yeah. that gives me that sense of if I if I suck inside, at least on the outside, mm. I feel better. Yeah. And I know that I can do something that's that that is worthwhile to other people. And that's I guess that's kind of deep. I don't know, but it's mm. Uh, mm. there's something validating to it. There's something true to it too. Yeah. No. No, no, it may, it's no surprise that you you go to the wrestling well for for guidance and 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 um, I mean hell, I talk about I don't do as much anymore. I'm not as not as close with a lot of the friends I know from from wrestling, but but like I talk about life in terms of pro wrestling using all those insider terms that now people know. When I first learned the insider terms 20 years ago, no one knew one fucking word. And I by the yeah, way, gonna... by the way, I'm still fucking bitter when I would be. And I don't blame anyone for this. This is we're going a different direction mm-hmm. here for a second. Ed. I don't blame anyone for this, especially some of the people running it. But when I was involved in the movie trivia showdown, which was heavily pro wrestling influenced yeah. as it should be, uh, Harloff. I may came, have noticed that came from the never noticed came from the world as it should be. I'm, I want to be clear. I'm not faulting anyone. I have I, and I, I want to know what you feel as a 30 year vet from pro wrestling. As, as it's changed, and it can't go back, and I don't want wrestling to go back the way it was in some ways. But w- when I'd have some Schmodown competitor who's been in two matches and will come up to me and they start being like, well, you know, I'm the heel in this match, and uh, we got the face, and I'm like, you don't fucking know that. You don't know anything about that. <laughs> so get out of here. Get out of my locker room. I, I, was, I was so withdrawn and grumpy from the Schmodown <laughs> crowd because I was, I was like, I've been through a table. What have you been through? Like, no, get yeah, out of yes. here. Yes, yes, yes. I um, yes, and then the women's section of the Sears catalog doesn't count of things to go through. Um, <laughs> oh, I was mean. I was mean. I, I, but, it's all right. but, I, but by the way, I'm saying I'm the asshole on it. Um, oh no, no, I, I'm, 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 I, I, I don't. It's, it's. I, it's, I don't see this being any different than you know the guys, guys breaking in going. I've got my next 20 years of my wrestling career mapped out in my head and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And they're like, okay, buddy, let's learn how to run the ropes. Can you lock up first? Yeah. Right? And yeah. at least in the Shmodan, let me tell you, I was bitter that it shut down because I really wanted to be one of those uh, you Zoom be, competitors, but it would have been, been okay. I would have, I would have been the shits, but I would have been entertaining. You would have cut, um, cut a promo. You would have cut a promo. Oh, like, a turn. Cut, cut a promo. promo. Oh, that'd be mm. the, that, they'd show up to be like, Hey, when do I get to go cut my promo? I'd be like, you don't get to cut anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, is Harloff's baby? He gets a pass. I, I think I met him. But he worked. When he but but Harloff, writer. But Harloff, yeah, worked, yeah, he, he worked at the WWE. Like, like, like he, he was he in. It's a pass. Right? Yeah, it's a pass. Like, I and I, and by the way, pass for everyone. And and Jay Washington, of course, yeah. is there, and he were he, he's still working in wrestling. So it's like, yeah, that that. But again, yeah. I, I'm admitting to anyone who's listening and going, I'm offended. I was the a hole. <laughs> Anyways, you would have been good. Yeah, I mean, we all. We all need the a holes every in life. That's uh, yeah. as long as they're constructive and not being mad. Yeah. Anyways, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. where were we going with that? We got deep, and then we got deep, and then, we and then I got scared. I got scared, Adam. We got so deep. Um, 
We got this. How much is this? You and I are of the same generation, and it's that Gen X generation, which I've been reading a lot more about lately, about what mm-hmm. formed us, good and bad. Um, there's some yeah. thoughts of us being a pretty good generation because we're between a lot of things. Uh, we're angsty, we're cynical, and that's a shield we wear. But we're also self-starters because most of us were latchkey kids like, or had to spend yeah. a lot of time by ourselves. I, I was doing oh, yeah. my laundry at 12 because my mom made me. But I think we, we're, we're in this weird spot where we aren't quite like my dad and I don't talk. It's also just our makeup chemically. I think his, his my grandfather, his father, they didn't really talk. But there's sure. my, my dad's a little bit of a. Like when I when I told him that I try to maintain a vegan lifestyle because Grace is 100% vegan, and Grace never asked me to, but I I started cooking and God it tasted great and my stomach didn't tie in knots afterwards. This sounds like a good thing. My dad didn't like make, make fun of me, but he was kind of like ah real, but real men wear eat steak. So like you had, you had a major heart attack at 64. <laughs> like, so we're not that as much, but we carry that weight. Versus some of the newer generations that are figuring things out a little differently, and the concept of what it is to be a, 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 a you know identify as a man in this world, uh, if you want to sure. phrase it that way, it's changing rapidly. But we're stuck between we're we're in to borrow a, a Star Wars phrase, a world between worlds. I think of of and being in something right. like wrestling. You were in wrestling, and I was in and out of it for a long time, but I was in a very alpha male public safety environment um Mm -hmm. that that i felt i lost a lot of my soul a little bit the nice little kid the little the good little boy that moved to los angeles started to fade away uh, by the things i had to do on the job which were at times very dangerous but the people around me and no fault of their own a lot of lots changed but you and i guys like you and i were kind of stuck kind of stuck in the middle we're caught in the middle as Haley williams of paramore would sing Nice. Uh, I, it, it's funny because I agree with that as, in a lot of ways. And I also can relate to the reason why I don't bounce in clubs anymore. It's nothing to do with the fact that uh, mm. they won't hire me. Obviously it's got everything to do with the fact that even more so than wrestling locker rooms, being a nightclub bouncer was damaging to my soul and the way I looked at other people. And the yeah. way I started to perceive them, I would make snap judgments about them and treat them a certain way. And I realized that I, uh, mm-hmm. anyways, Mm-hmm. But I guess uh, just to draw a comparison, to so hopefully you go. It happens to everybody. You get in that type of environment, right? You start <laughs> what, to, what if I go silent? Does. I'll go it silent. Does. and Just be like you, monster. <laughs> it wasn't. You threw a man over a car. It was just once, but I, uh, he deserved it. Kind of maybe. I don't know. You spit in my face. The point is. <laughs> the point is, it's like I, where were we going with that? But like yeah. generationally speaking, yeah. I've, had, I've had some time to think about that, and I and I, I definitely agree because. You know, when we were kids, it would have been very easy to say, oh, whatever the generations like, you know, mm-hmm. be like, it's summertime, uh, get out of the house, play all day, make sure you're close enough to hear me call when it's dinner time. Okay. And I was one yep. of those kids, right? That's for sure. Yep. Keep yep. an eye on your brother and your sister and, you know, don't go too far. Okay. Yeah. And then now I look at my daughter who's 10. I'm like, oh, it doesn't happen. <laughs> and yeah. I wouldn't let her do it. Right. Right. No, not by herself for sure. Uh, where was I going to that? But, it's funny because we talk about the generational changes mm-hmm. and I think it's just going faster because again, the world's going faster. Everything is faster. The fact that, you know, yeah. when I was 10 years old, Japan was a place where ninjas showed up when I was watching a, yeah. uh, 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 a freaking Remo Williams movie. Yeah. But uh, now it's a place that I've been that I can 
and talk to, and I have friends that are there and I can communicate with. So as a result of that, of course, once the world opens up, then everybody's mind opened up, opens up as well. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the scary part. The stuff that didn't seem possible in the late 90s when we were, you know, wearing our tie-dye and listening to, you know, grunge music, well, some people anyway, um, is now commonplace, right? Yeah. As a result of that, we were part of that generation where it starts exploding and because we're keeping up with it, we're of the generation where it's like, it seems like we should feel like old fuddy-duddies, but I still find myself able to connect in a lot of ways yeah. to kids that are 20 years younger than me because I get their reference points most of the time. And um, and my parents and the people of the previous generation still just feel like old fox. Yeah. And um, yeah. nothing wrong with that. It's just, it, it's like, we get the benefit of being able to ride that wave and see the changes that's happening. And it's confusing for people of our generation that are for, from a more closed-minded upbringing who aren't willing to broaden their minds and accept that the world is changing and we need to change with it as opposed to just shutting it down and yeah, wearing red caps and not seeing the <laughs> futility of their stupidity. So. Make Canada great again is what you're saying. Um well, that was kind of where one of the big things I want to go to is maybe maybe how you and I, um, you know, you, you wrote me some very kind messages and I know, knew you through the Force Center side of things where you, you put in some great uh, Star Wars questions. Um, and then and then there's something, though, I got, I got to say this. This is just tracing our, our, our friendship here. The moment I hear someone is in wrestling and like like in it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, it opens up a, a spot in my heart for you. Um, um, where, where you know, I, 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 not, I don't have your long years of experience, but I've been in the locker rooms. We know some of the same people. We've been at the same events, and it just, it just, yeah. it's, it's a kind of a, a immediate connection, and it's a weird, powerful thing. But um, one of the, one of the things I thought, some what I sensed in a lot of your messages, even some of your blogs that you have, you have a great blog. I'll let you uh, talk about there at the end too. Uh, I can put a link below. I, I should, I, I should probably update it, but go uh, on. You know, but you got some great things on there. Is is that is that wrestling? Hey, with change, and change for our generation. And you're talking about folks in our generation, I, who who seem to be making a choice to, to fight everything around them that is of, of change. And does by the way, it doesn't mean you know this is everything has to go smooth for you. You have to understand everything, or that new technology doesn't scare me. You know, I get where my grandfather he stopped adapting after 1985. My my parents kind of are in that. I pushed them a little bit, but we argue over that. There was a big argument we had in my house, my parents' house, like 10, 12 years ago, where they I was trying to get them to text. And they were, and my dad, my dad said to me, We don't text in this house. Now he does. Now he texts me all the time. But it was just like, where does that come from? And it's human nature. It's fear. It's fear-based. And a lot of our generation, it's I, it, it seems to be split. And I don't just mean politically. That's an easy way to look at it. I think there's some truths. I don't have to talk about who you vote for, um, but I mean just the, the way you look at the world and social issues and, the, and, and just kind of understand it. Where I, I, I get puzzled when friends, high school buddies of mine, just seem to not want to understand any of the change going on around them. And I see them stunted for it. I see them emotionally stunted for it. And you and some of your messages... We're open about some of the struggles, open about some of the stop obstacles, but we're always striving to make a better version of yourself the next day. I don't have a question. Well, that's just, well, thank you. That's, that's, just a, that's just a pitch. No, it's, <laughs> I would like to say that you're a soft-hearted individual who's a good human being. Thank you, Ken. I agree. And uh, I feel much the same way about you. No, um, I, I, again, 
I am. Um, well, let me let, let me add th- let me add this to it as 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 you. Uh, okay. 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 We're calling it. In the, we're, we're calling it in the ring here, and in, in, in in we're in a rest spot right now. See, kids, wrestling terms. Um, um, you because I mentioned coming from like the the public safety environment, which has a locker room type of mentality. I'm not just saying what we talk about, but just this sure. inability to process emotions. The only emotions that seem to be on display are anger and violence. And sometimes that's because of what we have to do. But I've done a lot of bad things under the guise of power, little sweet little Kenny, because I felt we had to. This is what I have to do to keep things safe. You've been in a wrestling environment, bouncer environment, where you've not just, I'm not talking about acts and physical violence or anything like that, but the way you've thought, the way you've, that it's just, it's easier to get in those environments and then to realize you're not changing, you're not adapting, you view softness as a weakness, you don't understand what strength actually is. And therefore, guys, Mm -hmm. and I do mean guys like you and me, get kind of dumped out in the world and we got to find our footing. And it's hard sometimes with what's around us. And that's not an excuse, but it's the truth. No, it is the truth. No, you're right. It's, um, oh man, I don't even know where to begin with that. Um, I think I've always tried to maintain, like I, I joke a little bit about the, no matter how big and scary I get, I still feel like that same 13 year old kid. Yeah. As yeah. I've gotten older, I've actually tried to cultivate that, try to hang on to that kid. Because it's a good thing too, though. Because it's like that kid reminds me to be kind to other people. Mm-hmm. And it, cause it's so fucking easy to take the dark path because it's quicker to join you in a fight. It gives you that quick burst of power mm-hmm. to use those terms that we shouldn't talk about. No, we could talk about, but it. it's so easy <laughs> and it's so, but it, but it's yep. so tempting yeah. all the time. And I see so many people use that and take those shortcuts and they're just the most miserable motherfuckers I've ever met. Yeah. They get no satisfaction out of it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had a period of time where I, I called it my complete asshole phase before I went back to college. Where it's like, I was on the road, I was making no money, I was meeting ladies, I was doing yeah. all those things because I felt like I had to make up for lost time. I had to make up for my teenage years mm-hmm. where I where I didn't drink, I got beat up all the time, I wasn't cool, I was you know in all the bands and mm. God. Anyways, but like I felt like I was, I, I felt like a failure. Like I'd failed at that guy. I'd failed at oh God. That's a good way of thinking. I failed at being a scholar. I failed at being somebody who's smart and going to go on and maybe be a politician, maybe be a news broadcaster, whatever. And I'd fallen into wrestling and I'm like, like I said, it was the first thing I felt that loved me back. And it took a couple of years for me to get to the point where I'm like, Mm. this path leads to madness. Mm. Right. And Mm. I still have moments and I'm a little harder edged and I've got, Mm -hmm. I've got walls up for certain types of people, but, yeah, and and it's easy too because like you know I'm I'm six and a half feet tall and three hundred pounds so it's very easy to sort of you know if I if I want to be left alone in public settings to sort of you know put on the the meanie face and you know yeah, yeah. act a little dumber than I really am and people just fuck off and leave me alone but <laughs> but it's like uh, what do you what do you do start eating rocks like ah leave me alone well <laughs> just like it's a little you know, get a little yeah. sneer and people tend to you know part like the sea for me in the sure. crowd and that's fine sure. but I um. I get no satisfaction out of that. I get no, yeah. I get no sense of self worth. I get no. I get no. I get no. I feel like shit, basically, and I don't want to feel like shit. So I yeah. try, no matter 
especially now that I'm trying to be kinder to myself, part of that is being kinder to other people without giving too much of myself. Yeah. Uh, it's so weird. I don't, I don't, no, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a quantifiable, this is what it is stomp, mm -hmm. but I definitely think it's a feeling and you know, you're on the right path when you do it and you know, I'm glad I did it for whatever reason. Right. And if that's holding the door open for somebody or, Choosing not to call a moron and saying moronic things, a complete idiot, and just trying to have an actual conversation with them. Yeah. Or just, you know, calling out a guy for like, hey, man, that girl's just here at the gym to, to do her thing. Maybe stop like creeping her out. You know, yeah. whatever it is. And we need, and we quite frankly need guys like you who could give that face to those guys. And, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's yeah, yeah. No, it's a side conversation about how, you know, uh, Toxic we can talk gym culture on another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To toxic, toxic masculinity, masculinity does not mean um, that we don't need uh, folks like you or my pal Jeff May who could knock someone out with a punch because he's a boxer. Because we need, we need sometimes some strength to meet strength. Is what I'm saying. Different podcasts. We'll get there. No, no. But, we, the, but, yeah. but the phrase is "Don't mistake my kindness for weakness." Yes, yes. That's that's this. Yes. Yes, no, that's exactly no, what it no, is. no, no. It's fascinating. Sorry. Yeah, and much more to to get to on that. But no, I, no, I, I hear what you're saying about. About the change, I, I I was having this conversation with with uh, my mother recently. We were we we had stopped stopped getting angry at each other over politics and our views of the world, and I just was trying to explain it now, and and and, and it was a more productive way. Life's short, and mm -hmm. I'm not, and I and I'm just like you, you asked me why in a puzzling manner. I don't get why you don't like Ron DeSantis. All right, well, I'm going to explain it. Not in a way that makes me, you know, makes you change your vote, but in a way that makes you understand me uh, about not just, not his policies, but what he stands for is, is abhorrent to me because of the people in my life. And I, in that conversation, it's a bigger thing. Uh, yeah. But it, I told my mom, I am more myself than I've ever been not because I've changed any voting records or understand different policies or, or this that, just because I think I've un I've, I've unburdened myself from this 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 fighting change or trying to understand it or being negative in the corner uh, of trying to open yourself up and, and, and it seems silly. It's I, I make I've con I talked about like the Spice Girls, how I used to make fun of them in 1996. I was a rock sure. radio DJ. And then suddenly one day I realized, ah, yeah. oh, man, I actually kind of like their stuff. And I like a lot of what they're saying. And, 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 I, and I, that has passed on at times. We, we have, you're not going to like every pop artist. You're not going to like every music. That's not what it's about. But we, we just so lock ourselves in a way in this kind of environment. The moment you kind of peel it away, you start finding, you start finding your actual true self. Uh, when you're kind yeah. to others and kind to others' experiences and kind to others' journeys, and even if you don't fully understand them. I talk about this in my stand-up act. Do I have, understand every point and aspect of a transgender person's journey? No. Do I fully, do I, do I com comprehend mm -hmm. it as to why? And how? No. But man, once I let go of those silly questions and just realized you're trying to exist as a human and I'm going to be here for that and for you, it, it, I started to find my true self beyond yeah. who you vote for. And that's what I was trying to explain. And that's what I think, whether, whether you mentioned or not, you're getting to that, that kindness thing of opening the door for someone is sure of a hell lot better than judging them. Oh, yeah. And, and, and we said it earlier, right? It's um, it, it, negativity just breeds negativity. Yeah. And, but the inverse of that is true as well. Positivity breeds, breeds positivity. 
Yeah. And it's harder. It's hard. It does. It, do, yeah. it does. It's not always immediate, but yeah. I'd much rather people look to me as a light, somebody they can go to and they can trust, than somebody that they're afraid of. To put it like, and that's just like the most bare bones way of looking at it, right? Yeah. You know, I can be a hammer, but I'd rather be the person that, you know, can hold you if you're needing a hug. That's beautiful. Which, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like I, uh, I, you know, and sometimes those hugs lead to me being a hammer if the situation warrants it. Yeah. But it's uh, going back to the again, wrestling conversation of yeah, town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kindness, not weakness. It's right. But, you know, it's uh, yeah. it's it's true, though. And yeah. uh, oh, man, you know, it's there's so yeah. much negativity in this world. And that's just because it's so easy. And there's so many people that are hurting yeah. and they feel like they're not being heard so that they just shout and shout and shout into the void. And whether that's, you know, people, you know, getting mad at like, you know, all these women in their Marvel movies or mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, Ray is a Mary Sue or whether it's, you know, mm-hmm. all these immigrants are being told that I'm coming across the border, going to take our jobs that wait for it, the ones you don't want, whether it's, you know, mm-hmm. God, I, you know, like, you know, I don't even, I, I can't even think of any examples that aren't just seem like pedantic at this point, but they're, yeah, yeah. they're there. And it's so easy to fall into those traps and God, I can't, I can't be part of that. I, can, I just can't, right? Yeah. Even in my own little bubbles, I deal with the ridiculous negativity in like the local Central Canadian wrestling circuits where people just don't understand who I am and want to talk crap about me and wonder why my 40-year-old overweight ass is getting booked for, you know, AEW dark matches and stuff because they just don't see it, right? Mm. What is he doing? Whose dick is he sucking? Like, what is this going? Mm. I just, I'm the guy they all asked yeah. because they know I'm good to work with, right? It's like, it's, it's, not, it's not that hard. Just show up, be kind, be vulnerable if you need to be, and do what's needed of you I love for it. other people. And guess what? That turns into something. I hope. Mm-hmm. I hope. I'm the guy they asked is a pretty uh, powerful statement. You're, you've, you've written some wonderful lyrics for some poems, some words for some lines for some poems here tonight. I Could Be a Hammer needs to be the title of your first poetry book. <laughs> could be a hammer if i only had a hammer uh we you and i i feel could talk on and on and on and this is probably the first of many conversations i hope to have with you in a public forum and a private forum and by private forum i I mean at a bar in las vegas where we're um laughing at uh, in a loving way at rock riddle uh as he uh you know (laughs) stumbles around oh i love rock rock is great rock for those for those listening google rock riddle but Rock oh, Riddle, so like present day. God bless his soul. I oh. hope he's still going strong. Oh. I haven't seen him in he's, a couple of years. He is the greatest character. Oh my God. If <laughs> you want to see like oh, an 80 year old man oh, in a wrestling leotard, <laughs> one strap up. Oh, he talked my ear off on the phone for like an hour one night. It was fantastic. <laughs> oh, it was great. He's a beautiful what soul. A, what a, oh, he's a beautiful mm. man. I, he's doing something right. He's living his best life. That's for damn he sure. He truly is. And I bet it, I bet I bet at some point in his life, Rock Riddle has looked into the mirror and said, "I could be a hammer." Um, <laughs> you and I, you and I could truly talk on and on, but I, 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 um, I don't, I don't want to leave without uh, talking a little bit more um, about uh, even like things like pro wrestling, some of our shared experiences. What, what is, what has been one moment or five, but one moment of pro wrestling? Because I have a few, but I have such a small. Sure. pool to draw from from you where you have been in a ring something's about to happen that you know and you're thinking 
what am I doing? But you do it anyway. You like mean like what's the craziest dumb shit I've done, or is it like something more profound? So than that? no, no, no. In the ring, like like I agreed. Uh, we did this angle where I my my character, my guy, my gimmick was Tex Tunney, the last scion of the Great Southern Promoters, and I had a cowboy hat. You and I, you'd be in my stable, and yeah. uh, my protege, uh, who's a friend of mine, Joe Ruggiero, comic and everything. But my pro protege, Lester Talbot, who was named. My friend Dan Farron named him after two great wrestling journalists. Um, turned on me, so he he hit me with the kendo stick and Bastard. turned on me. And then he called out his 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 new his new wrestler was this guy named Tarex. Um, I think his I think his uh, lost a little weight and everything, but uh, he, he was no joke five ten maybe four hundred pounds, uh, and he could do a standing moonsault and just do a flip. He was mm -hmm. very athletic. And all four hundred pounds are coming down on you, and I'm and I'm hearing yeah. the crowd cheers. He's coming down the ring, gong 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 gong. Uh, Jason is his name, and um, the crowd knows, or MB, MPW crowd knows. And I'm just looking up at the gym lights, going, "Oh, I hope this works." And you know, he's so good, I didn't feel a thing. But it was that one second as I oh. saw him get right next to me. I'm thinking, "What am I? Oh, it's happening." <laughs> <laughs> 400 pounds flipping down on me. Splish splash. It didn't die. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. You got those kind of things where someone's like, I got so many. Adam, tonight I, I, tonight I, I want to get a spot in. We're going to do a, a, a moonsault off the cage. <laughs> let me let me tell you what it really comes down to. Is like I've had I've had the pleasure of being in the ring with so many uh, uh, legends and so many up-and-coming guys. Like I, I help break in guys that are like top stars in the world today. So mm -hmm. Break in's a little egotistical, but it's kind of true. But it is what it is. What I always go back to, and this is a go all shot at my buddy, uh, Darren the Bomb Dalton, who we should have been a regular tag team forever and a day because we, we kept coming back to each other for like big events, like mm -hmm. locally. And then we had a good run before he retired as the old school wrecking crew, which was a lot of fun. You know, yeah. it's been a couple of guys couple of guys in, in uh, safety vests and carrying sledgehammers they're going to have a fun with that but Beautiful. in like 2002 it was their last match as a team in canada uh he and i in front of about 1500 people at the local ballpark here in winnipeg wrestled the road warriors uh, wow and let me tell you wow. let me tell you i was probably 26 years old dalton was like a little older than me and we we're like we were the guys that you know would run through people locally, right? Yeah. And we're standing in the middle of that ring and they play the LOD music. And in that moment, in that moment, I was suddenly, oh yeah, I was suddenly 13 years old again going, I am going to die a death. And it will, and I will eat every one of these death punches. And it was, yeah. but in truth, it would end up being a wonderful thing. But that feeling where their music hit, they come down, the people go crazy. And I looked at Darren, he's looking at me going, we're going to die. I'm like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to die. But my favorite part of that story is um, we actually end up having a decent little match. It is what it is, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, there I am up at Animal Shoulders about to take the doomsday from Haku. You took oh, yeah. the finish? Oh, wow. I, I, I wasn't 300 pounds back then, and also they were going to not Henry O'Godwin me, which I was thankful for. But I remember getting <laughs> up on yeah, there. <laughs> that's a deep cut. I'm not going to explain it. It's a deep it. cut. Uh, the Godwin's. Uh, but there I'm up in his shoulders and I'm selling and looking at the people and maybe I'll send you the link later. If please, you want to see it, please. It's not, it's not, it's not super clear, but I'm up there and I'm selling and I'm going, 
And I'm like, Joe, as I say to an animal, Joe. And he's like, what? I love you, Joe. Don't kill me. <laughs> and I just feel his shoulders. Go, <laughs> and then I get taken and say, whatever, it was fine. But it was uh, that I, I've had a lot of really cool moments that I loved. But that moment where like the, the guitar riff goes and the, yeah. the scream and I see these guys in the shoulder pads and the face paint and the spikes. And I was like, oh, I'm a dead man. <laughs> Beautiful. And I am here for it. <laughs> so, Beautiful. Look, uh, there's something I don't condone violence in the real world, but I can't tell you. Um, I've mentioned it before, but I think you get it. The night Rowdy Roddy Piper punched me and I had a swollen face for three days. <laughs> nice. Is I've gone on to be engaged, experience a lot of great things in life. Those are all wonderful and have their place high atop the list. It's the best three days of my life to walk around oh. with. I couldn't move my neck. My face was swollen. And to know that after doing it, Rod came to me and apologized. and said, oh, sorry, man. I hit you so hard there. You're good. Rod, I'm great. Uh, violence like that right. in, a, in a safe, controlled and violent environment. When you survive it, you think, I think I can survive anything. <laughs> well, that's true. And I love, oh, God bless Rod. Here, uh, before you let me go, and I know yeah. we're getting a little long of the tooth here. Um, I went to the same high school as Roddy Piper. Oh, yeah. interesting. As he was the class of uh, 65, 66, and 67, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. But that may have been earlier than that, but whatever. And uh, when I got to meet him a couple years before his passing, he, mm-hmm. I was working at a gym that he came to with his son, and it couldn't have been cool. kinder. Yeah. Couldn't have been kinder to everybody that showed up. Uh, his, uh, his son, whose name I don't Colt. remember right now, Colt. was... Colt. Was pra- Colt. That's right. Thank you. Was practicing his boxing, and he was just trying to trying to no-sell with his hoodie up and just riding a bike and trying to, you know, get his cardio in. Yeah. So I didn't want to bug him too much. I let him do his thing. Then I, cause I got it. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Walk up talking for a little bit, let him know I was about to go to Japan and we chatted for a little bit and it was a lot of fun. He was a consummate gentleman and one of the best ever to do it. And, uh, yeah, man. Yeah. So I'm glad you got that. I'm glad we got to share that kind of moment with a guy like that too. Cause he was, uh, he was something else. He was a legend. He was something else. Got to be on a stand-up stage with him, a wrestling ring. And I always say this, and I have no authority on it. My pal Steve Simone got to know him a lot better. My pal Paul got to know him a lot better, as so many others. But I just got a sense from being around him that this was a man who had lived a life both good and bad. And oh, yeah. he, he was going to do everything he could in his final years. And he didn't know. He'd always predicted kind of when he would die. And he was shockingly, sadly, mm-hmm. tragically close to his own prediction. But um, he knew the cost he had paid. And he knew what maybe that cost was for other people around him he every time he around him he gave everything of himself to those that asked that deserved it he i saw him also shut people off who who didn't deserve him um (sighs) as if it was some sort of not penance that he was you know flogging himself but like i need to give more of myself to make up for maybe some of the stuff in the past that was only my interpretation of it and that made him so sweet to every soul that stood in front of him and, and, and uh, I, would, I would I would tend to agree. Well, yeah, I, think I would tend to agree. He was a yeah. On that note, on the great Rowdy Again? Rowdy Piper, yeah. Adam, I don't want to call you. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure, man. Um, That's fine. Whatever. It's all right. It's all the stuff. But uh, can I say something one more thing before we go? Is it I is it really, purchase this book? <laughs> we can do that too. We can get the plugs. But I, a personal note. Yeah. I still have the episode of Four Center that uh, you guys read my blog post about my dad. Right. And every couple of weeks, I, uh, I queue it up and I listen to it just when I'm mm. Mm. 
needing it. Joseph reading that. Yeah, Joseph reading it and you guys talking about it afterwards, getting to share your talks about your families and grief and some of the nice things you said. I just want you to know it means a lot to me that you not only took the time to to read it and to share it with everybody, but also uh, be very insightful and very, very giving. Because that was a really rough time. And I think anybody, that's not, that shouldn't be shocking for anybody who's lost a parent that they loved, that uh, it, would, it would be a difficult time for them. But um, like to this day, I've still got it. And there are days where it's like, I'm having a rough go. And not only has it helped connect me to how I was dealing at that time, it's also good to let me know how far I personally have come since that day. And so I want to, I can't say thank you to Joseph, but I will say thank you for doing that for me when you didn't have to, because it meant a whole lot. Hey, you know what? One of the big lessons today is we're going to, you and I are going to be kinder to ourselves. I, I accept your, <laughs> accept your kind words. Uh, it was our pleasure. It will always be our pleasure. And so proud to know you. So proud to know someone in, uh, out there in this tough world and sometimes tough environments trying to make the best steps forward every day. And that is why on that smooth transition, like a radio DJ that I am, yes, I want you to all to check out right. Adam Knight's Cowboy Ending, book one of the Overdrive series, get into the series. I swear to you, if, I, if I'm lying, I am dying. This will be read by me, and I can't wait to uh, one day just uh, give the wrestling handshake uh, and then embrace and have some drinks, whether Rock Riddle is around or not. Fuck that. We're going to do big hugs. Uh, you can read all three of my books. They're, uh, they're available on uh, on Amazon.com exclusively. You can get print copies, hard copies. Ebooks are good ways to go. If you've got uh, the unlimited Kindle, you can do that as well. Please do that. Uh, if you're into merchandise, I wear, I have t-shirts over at ProWrestlingTees.com. I've got this design, about four or five other ones. And um, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll do more audio stuff as well because I'm... Uh, you should. Like I said, I want... I, I went to college to do radio, and uh, now I've got a microphone and everything set up. I might as well do more of this stuff. Yeah, you were trying to get a mic to make sure you could do this interview. You did it, and now you've opened up another path for you. I believe that. Uh, folks, thanks for listening to me and Adam talk about life, the universe, and wrestling. Uh, hopefully you engaged with it. Hopefully you got something from it, from it, or at least you got to hear me slur some words as I finish my whiskey. Any, any way you slice it, we had a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to the first episode. I think I'm still going to call it the bla Blathervations, but since I have trouble saying it, maybe I'll come up with something else. We'll stick around, figure it out. Go to patreon.com slash catnapsack if you want to support. Listen to the podcast, watch here on YouTube, watch my game streams. Ah, I'm too kind to myself. See you all. Bye.